Welcome, Wildcats, to Weber State Weekly, a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, a man whose New Year's resolution is to attend every single home football game this calendar year, Colby Peterson. On the pod today, we have a man who is resolved to get 50 additional people that he knows to come to a Weber State football game this spring, Dustin Chapman. I get 50, and those people get 50. <laughs> We've done our job as Utahns to... <laughs> perpetuate the myth <laughs> no, no you don't even need 50 you got, if you got three people and then those three people get three people okay anyway and next on the show we have a man who is resolved to wear purple every single day in 2021 quite a tall order ac i'm a man of the people i wear purple in public everybody says it's my color purple it is purple 2021 and finally we have a man who vows to that this will be the year he actually gets into shape again john king running two a days right now Core circuit in the morning, cardio in the afternoon. This is it, baby. My goodness, running two a days. It's like he's a student athlete. So on today's show, speaking of student athletes, we're going to have an interview with men's basketball senior center, Cody Carlson. He's going to talk to us a little bit about his journey from Minnesota to Weber State, a little bit about his game and what he likes about Ogden. Uh, next, we're going to be talking to Hero Sports' Sam Herter. Uh, he put out a piece this weekend talking about who he thinks his favorites for the national championship are, and uh, we were... Somewhat surprised, but not surprised to find the Wildcats name in that list. So we're going to talk to Sam about that, about that piece and about what he sees in coming up in the spring season. And finally, we're going to be playing a game called Lids. We've had a number of series get canceled already in this early conference season. We've lost games to Idaho State now, and now looks like we're going to be losing games to Eastern Washington. So we're going to be asking our panel to put on their AD hat. If you had to schedule two games in to replace those two EWU games, what would they be? We'll get their takes. But first, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And if you have the opportunity, please feel free to rate us. Give us five stars. It helps us find our way into the feeds of other Wildcat fans or just sports fans in general who care about Weber State because they should. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Twitter is one of the best places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team. And tell your friends. If you have uh, Wildcat members of your family who are big supporters of the university and love Wildcat sports, make sure that they know about Weber State Weekly and tune in each week because we're doing it all. We're, cover we're covering it for you folks. All right, Wildcat fans, we're excited to welcome senior forward Cody Carlson to Weber State Weekly. We're going to talk to Cody a little bit about his journey from Minnesota to Ogden and Weber State. Going to talk a little bit about his game. Uh, we've got to see a little bit of it this season, and we like what we see, but we're going to uh, dig in a little bit deeper with Cody. Talk about his inspiration, maybe some players that inspire him or people he models his game off of. And then, of course, talk to him a little bit about Ogden, uh, what he likes, what he dislikes, all the good stuff. So, Cody Carlson, welcome to Weber State Weekly. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hey, man, we appreciate you coming on. Like we said, um, we honestly were really, really surprised. You know, we didn't know a lot about you coming into the season, a transfer from Minnesota. Uh, there's not a lot about you in the Weber State app, so we're kind of flying blind here. But as we saw you play throughout the season, especially in those early games, uh, fantastic. We love what we saw. You know, uh, our, our social media guy, AC, has, he's, he's definitely put out there that Cody Carlson's a bucket, and uh, that's definitely the case. We've seen it. So talk to us a little bit about your journey from Minnesota. You know, Minnesota is not usually a place where we get a lot of players. And so how did you come to find out about Weber State and talk about your recruiting journey and finally arriving in Ogden? Yeah, so I played high school basketball in Duluth, Minnesota, which is uh, up north. And then I played D2 basketball at uh, Concordia St. Paul for three years. And then after my third season, I entered the portal and um, was recruited by Coach Ray 
And, you know, I really liked hearing what he had to say and really liked the culture that they had here. And, of course, I love it in Utah and the mountains. So I figured it'd be a really good uh, choice for me. Yeah, like you said, uh, hometown, uh, Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, famous famous for one Bob Dylan, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. So entered the portal, um, got recruited by Coach Ray, like what you saw, said, all right, I'm going to spend my final season probably here in Ogden playing playing basketball. And so as that, as that progressed and you, I mean, did you arrive here in Ogden in the summertime and then started working with the team? Is that kind of how it worked? Yeah. So, uh, I was kind of a late transfer. I transferred like right at the end of summer. So when I got here, a lot of the guys have already been working out. So, um, I got here about a week before school started when I got here. Um, I didn't have my waiver at the time. So I was assuming I'd have to redshirt this year and then, uh, play for, uh, play the following season. My mindset was just to gain weight and uh, become accustomed to like the uh, the talent of the D1 level. And so fortunately, I was able to gain a lot of weight and, um, you know, made big strides in my game. And I eventually got my waiver before the season. So it worked out really well. Yeah, and we're glad that it did. Like I said, we've seen a lot, a lot of great things from you in that short period of time. But uh, Chappie, uh, you got a question for Cody Carlson. Yeah. So Cody, I, I've got two and you've actually led me into like both of them perfectly. Uh, initially you were going to redshirt this year and now you're not. Um, are you going to take advantage of the, the waiver and come back next year? Or is this, is the plan for this to be, to be your senior season? I mean, the plan is to stay here for, uh, for this year and next year. So, I mean, that's what I'm planning on for now. Cause I want to, um, get some of my master's done, but you know, we'll see what opportunities happen this summer. So coming from Concordia St. Paul, uh, it's a division two school and, and you coming up a level, you mentioned, you know, getting, getting used to the level of play. What is the difference in the level of play between D2 and, 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 and the big sky? I mean, the scoring is clearly translated. Like you're not having any problems getting buckets. So like what, what has been the, the difference? Um, definitely the physicality and, the amount of talent on each team, you know, uh, in my conference, there'd be like four, four players per team. And they'd be like really talented, like possibly D one talent, but then you go to the D one team and they got all their first stringers, all their second stringers all have talent. So Cody, I'm interested in, in hearing a little bit more about that translation between going from D two to D one. So I looked up your stats the other day, your scoring is almost the exact same. Your outside shooting's a little bit better. So when you first got to Ogden, what what did you really focus on when you when you were in practice and everything? What were you trying to develop? I'd say my post defense and post offense because my perimeter game has been decent, but I needed to get ready to go against people that were stronger than me. You know, I needed to be more physical in the post on offense and defense. So those are probably my biggest. Um, I have uh, I have two questions for you, uh, Cody. Um, First one is, is that obviously you're one of many new faces um, that have joined the roster this year with so many transfers that have come and joined the program. Um, who has been your favorite teammate to play with so far and why has that been the case? Um, I'd have to say Sigu because he he plays when he has vision. Like he, he'll come off the ball screen and have vision of the whole floor. He plays really composed. He's a good shooter. Um, I mean, he's my roommate, so he's one of my best friends on the team as well. So. I think, uh, I mean, I really like playing with him, really like his play style. And then my second question is, is um, I know you probably haven't been able to do as much with COVID and, you know, having to limit like where you guys are, you know, hanging out, but what's been your 
favorite thing about uh, about the actual town of Ogden so far since you've been here? I'd say the views. I went on a couple hikes um, right on the mountains behind Weber, and it's just it's really pretty from up there. And Ogden's a nice town, so um, yeah, I'd say that. Unfortunately, like you said, I haven't really been able to see much, but uh, for now, it's just the views. Yeah, so th- it's not very often that we have guys that like usually the guys are coming and we're like, Hey, the snow, like you, you, this is like a break for you. <laughs> <It should be. laughs> yeah. This is the most mild winter I've been through. <laughs> it, I ended up, I ended up going home for uh, Christmas and I got there. It was like negative three weather, but with wind chill, it was like, felt like negative 26. Yes. So. That's, that is uh, usually Utah winter seem it's, it's either bad early and good late, or it's, you know, an er, you know, um, decent early and then it, it piles on who knows what'll happen this year but yeah it's not very often that guys are we're, we're, they get more snow where they were at um mm-hmm. cody my question for you <laughs> you're usually wearing an undershirt underneath your jersey but we, we've got glimpses of of the tat <laughs> tell us about it I, I, we're always just curious like what is the story behind the tattoo because we don't get to see the whole thing and see what it is yeah so i started out with um the state of minnesota with the compass on it and that is basically just symbolizing like where I'm from and, um, you know, like being humble and always remembering where you're from. And then I also got uh, the sun rays and then live free on the bottom of my arm. That's probably like a big reminder for me to just live my own life and to do things for myself and um, like just live to be me. Love it. <laughs> we, we we get to compare like we know dame dame has you know, last week had some weaver state ink on his arm and we love it it's just it's yeah. awesome <laughs> you did cody i wanted to ask you a little bit about your shooting uh you talked about your perimeter game has been very good you, you've looked very very comfortable shooting behind the arc thus far this season and so i wanted to ask is that kind of the plan going forward you, you want to continue to stretch the floor be that stretch five which is you know very common in the modern game in the nba uh, is that the plan for you going forward? Because you, you talked about growing that interior defense, and it seems like you know, you're know you very good around the basket. You have a nose for getting a rebound and getting the ball back up in the hoop. Uh, talk to us a little bit more about being a stretch five because you look really comfortable not only on the perimeter, but, of course, down low. Obviously, basketball has evolved around like the pick and roll and pick and pop. So I think it it's a really good thing to have your center be able to knock down threes because – It'll force their defense to close out. And I mean, if they don't, if the big man helps on the guard and the big man's and the five is open for a three, like I think that's a huge advantage to have on your team. So I saw that early in my basketball career and kept working on my shot and got up thousands and thousands of reps. Yeah, I just think it's really important to, no matter what position you're at, to like have overall game. Um, Because you never know what's going to happen, like in the moment and in the game. And Cody, is there a a player, whether it was an NBA player, maybe someone in college that you grew up watching that you've tried to model your game after? Maybe a pick and pop five, like you've been talking about. Yeah, I'd say Anthony Davis, because I mean, obviously he's one of the best players in the NBA, and he's a big, versatile player. Um, He can shoot from anywhere. So I think me watching him, it like allowed me to see what shots are open. for a big man and you know he's also really talented so i just i enjoyed watching him anthony davis definitely very good player and like you said a lot of versatility there and that in uh plays great defense but also has the ability to spread the floor and put the ball on the floor which uh i think is a skill in and of itself but um i want to talk a little bit cody about your about your kind of 
college career, because of course you're a student athlete and uh, us not having any information in the app, we wanted to ask you, what are you majoring in? Kind of what's your, what's your plan for academics? My major right now is professional sales. And then my minor is business administration. So uh, you talked a little bit about wanting to go to grad school. So is there a, a grad degree program at Weber you're kind of leaning toward? You want to do the MBA? You want to do something more technical like the MHA? Like what, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really given it too much thought. I know I want to stay around business. So, um, you know, I think that'll be what I'm pursuing. Goddard guy right here. So is John King. Uh, we're Goddard guys. Yeah. And so uh, we'll tell you that the MBA program is second to none. It's a great program for a great price. So if you find your way into there, make sure to say what's up to good old Matt Moritzen, quality guy, now the dean of the college. <laughs> make sure to say hello, make good friends. Everybody, uh, we, we should definitely give a shout out to Matt Moritzen, one of my favorite professors of all time. Great guy all around. Yep. I, I doubt Matt listens to the show, but Matt is a great guy. When they announced that he was going to be the new dean, it was like, oh, that's just that's just perfect. That's just just perfect. So if you find your way over, you're already, you're already minoring in business admin, so I'm sure you spent some time over in the Wattis building. Make sure to stop by the dean's office, introduce yourself. Matt's a good guy to get to know for sure. Well, Cody, we want to thank you for taking a little bit of time to chat with us here on Weaver State Weekly about yourself, about your game. Uh, we're looking forward to hopefully having some games eventually. Uh, the EWU series got canceled today, so yeah. we don't know when we're going to have uh, men's basketball again, but hopefully soon we're going to have some games. And so well, we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on Weaver State Weekly and chat. Yeah, of course. Thank you. It was nice to meet you all. All right, we want to thank Cody Carlson for coming on the show and talking to us a little bit about his journey to Weber State from Minnesota. But now we are excited to welcome Sam Herter, an FCS beat writer, I guess we could call it, for Hero Sports. Sam, welcome to Weber State Weekly. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me on. Yeah, we really appreciate you. Sam had a really big piece that dropped, I think, on Sunday. Isn't that right? Sunday was what, the first day of that piece? Yeah, I wrote it on Sunday, and I was going to publish it on Monday, but I mean, I was just – I was getting pretty antsy to see what the reactions were going to be. So I decided just to publish it uh, Sunday night. And the reactions were legion. There were a lot of takes definitely in the Facebook uh, FCS fans nation group. Uh, a lot of takes about Sam's top 10 of who he, he thinks will be contenders for the national title. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that piece today uh, because the Wildcats favored, I think very well in that piece. Obviously we're not going to give you all the details. We want you to go and read Sam's piece, which we'll include in the, in the description of the podcast here. But uh, Sam, we wanted to start out by talking to you about our school, about Weber State a little bit. Um, you noted in the piece that quarterback play is going to be the most important part to the Wildcats potentially making their first run ever to Frisco, Texas, if possible. And so uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. You know, as an outsider looking at the, the quarterback room up here in Ogden, um, what are your thoughts? What are you seeing from that, that perspective? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Um, you know, you know, looking at just all, all the top teams, most of them had some type of impact by the transfer portal, right? You know, they had some key player leave, uh, multiple key players leave. Uh, Weber State was the one uh, program that didn't really get impacted a whole lot by the transfer portal. Um, and, you know, going to the quarterback thing, you know, obviously Jake Constantine transferred. Um, I actually saw just recently that he may have found a landing spot at Rice. Um, I know he originally was going to go to Towson, then went to Washington State. I believe he just uh, committed to Rice. Uh, but, you know, with, with, with Jake transferring out, I, I don't know how much that impacts Weber State's. Uh, you know, I understand he won a lot of games. But when it came to, you know, having a quarterback that can threaten a defense like JMU's, you know, I just didn't think Jake was maybe that guy. And, and so I think with Weber State, they are one quarterback away, really. And so I think getting – 
uh, the JUCO transfer, the guy that, that started his career at, at uh, playing at a really high level at, at JUCO and then going to Middle Tennessee State, uh, you know, Randall Johnson, a, a really big guy with a big arm. I think he could possibly be that missing piece uh, because other than that, I mean, Weber State coming off of a semifinal appearance uh, from what seems like <laughs> centuries ago since we didn't have any uh, fall, fall games uh, th- this last fall. Um, but, I mean, essentially returns their entire team besides a few key – few key pieces here or there um and so i, I think we were say as one quarterback away and you know we'll see if johnson can can first of all earn that starting role and see if he can be that missing piece yeah we definitely felt that excitement when we heard that randall johnson was transferring from middle tennessee to weber state because you know in spite of jake constantine winning a lot of games under center for the wildcats we i think everybody here i can speak for on the show has felt the same way that you've just expressed that you know, maybe if we were going to make it to that next level, if we were going to really get over the hump and be more than number three in the country, that quarterback position really needs to upgrade because we've seen what it takes. You know, folks like Trey Lance and uh, Ben DiNucci at JMU, those folks have really, they have the opportunity to spread the ball around. And, uh, you know, the Wildcats got outclassed by JMU last year. It was a very t- difficult game. So, yeah, Sam, I have a question for you. So, you know, uh, how do the fans outside of the big sky view Weber State I mean where the success here in football is is relatively new <laughs> I guess um what is the perception of Weber State is it that we're the new kids on the block as far as hey this is this is a, a powerhouse team is it do they see it as a as a fleeting thing that may go away one day I mean what is the perception on, on your end that you see outside of the big sky yeah I think the outside perception of Weber State uh, is really really strong uh from the FCS uh, across the country uh, I think Weber State is is recognized as a you know one of the top programs uh, in the FCS, but I think there is a thought that you know while you can go back the last three seasons, you know while the Wildcat, the Wildcats have proven that they are you know one of the top programs in the FCS, I don't think they've been viewed as a legit national title threat just yet, and that's going back to uh, you know the quarterback play and the lack of explosiveness on offense when it comes to trying to beat a team like, uh, you know, a James Madison or, you know, made a, made a couple of runs to the quarterfinals, then made the run to the semifinal in 2019. But it was still like, you know, Weber State is, you know, obviously a top program in the FCS. They're making it to the semifinal, but, you know, are they really going to take down James Madison? You know, I, you know, we just don't see it. And so I think that's kind of the perception of Weber State right now is they've proven they are a top program. In the FCS, uh, I think a lot of people, and I certainly believe it, that Weber State is going to stay a top program in the FCS because it's obvious they, the school and the athletic department are investing in the program. Uh, they're putting money into the program. You know, there's that new facility going up uh, right by overlooking the stadium there. And so it's obvious that football is a serious thing at Weber State. And so I think uh, just the outside perceptions, Weber State has, you know, compared to where they're at in the early 2010s to now, uh, you know, they they are now one of the top programs in the FCS and they're here to stay. It's just, you know, kind of going back again to the quarterback thing. They are just that one ex- explosive playmaker away from really being a true threat, threat to, to win a national championship. So along those same lines, Sam, um, you know, in the seat, in the city of Ogden, Jay Hill is like God. I mean, I've said it before. He's a statue at Weber state. I think everybody, we, we played a game where you create um a Weber state Mount Rushmore. And I think everybody had Jay Hill on their Mount Rushmore. And so in the city of Ogden, Jay Hill is basically God, but what, what's the national perspective of Jay Hill? Do other people see Jay in the same light that us wildcat fans do? I think so. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, you know, I think whenever 
people bring up, all right, who's going to be the next coach to jump to the FBS? A lot of people say Jay Hill, and I do think it is, uh, you know, only a matter of time before that does happen, Um, you know, just because that's kind of the the cost of being a really good, quote-unquote, mid-major program. Uh, when you build something up like Jay Hill has, you know, eventually people are going to take notice and there, there might be an offer out there that, that he can't refuse. But I mean, I was asked the question, I remember this a couple of years ago, who are the top three coaches in the FCS? And at that time I said, you know, in no particular order, Chris Kleiman, Mike Houston, and Jay Hill. Well, Kleiman is at Kansas States. Uh, Houston is at um, uh, uh, East Carolina. And then, so, you know, honestly, I would, and I'm not just saying this cause I'm your, cause I'm on your guys' podcast, but if someone asked me who the best coach in the FCS is right now, I would say Jay Hill, you know, just looking at what he's done, you know, what Weber state was like as a football program when he inherited it, how he built it on the field, how he built the culture, how he's made Weber state into a program that takes football seriously. Um, I know obviously every off season, there probably is nerves with the fan base that, you know, whenever a job opening opens up, his name is listed in there and it's always, all right, you know, how much longer can we hold on to coach Hill? Um, I, I, you know, I know he really, really likes it at Weber state. Obviously I think, um, he believes he can win a national championship there. Uh, the pieces are in place. Uh, facilities are in place. Um, but, you know, there, there will be, you know, there will come a time when he'll probably get a job offer that, that he can't uh, refuse because he's done such a marvelous job at, at Weber. That's true. And uh, even though, you know, there, we always seem to see Jay Hill's name come up, especially when there's a, uh, an FBS coaching vacancy here in the West. Uh, right now we're pushing Choate Menem on uh, the Weber State Weekly podcast uh, because we, uh, we wouldn't mind seeing Jeff Choate head on down to Boise. So that's, yeah, we're, that's we're for huge, you, Chris. We're huge Hannon. Jeff Choate fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great opportunity. How can he pass it up? It's true. So he shouldn't. It would be, be foolish. Boise is right. beautiful, especially this time of the year. <laughs> John King, you have a question for Sam. Yeah, so I kind of want to stick on the uh, uh, kind of on the national um, uh, on the national level as well. But instead of looking just at Weber State, I also want to look at the Big Sky Conference. Um, the Big Sky Conference and the Missouri Valley have kind of been the two dominating conferences at the FCS for probably the past decade. Um, is that something that you see, you know, continuing here in the near future, or do you see, you know? A little bit of a resurgence. I know when I was a, um, I know when I was a kid, the CAA had you know more nationally relevant teams than what they do now. Um, but do you see you know the Big Sky and the Missouri Valley continue to be the preeminent conferences, or do you see another you know conference kind of on the rise that's going to put more teams on that national level? Yeah, I think it's it's going to be hard for another conference to break into the Power Three. Um, we always call it the Power Three, the, the Big Sky, the Valley, and the CAA. Um, and, you know, the, the SoCon and Southland and OVC fans hate that. Everyone calls it the Power Three. But, I mean, the, the, the proof is right there in the playoffs that every year, you know, seven of the eight quarterfinal teams are, are coming from these Power Three conferences. Uh, it, you know, one conference to keep an eye on, uh, and it's, it's kind of convoluted right now, but the big South slash the a sun, um, you know, basically right now, like take Kennesaw state, for example, they play all their sports in the a sun, but the a sun and the big South have a basically an agreement that if you have, if you sponsor football, the ACE, you know, they'll, they'll play in the big South, but it, you know, rumors are out there that the a sun wants to build a, uh, a, a pretty big FCS football conference. So I don't know exactly what that means for the big South, but I mean, they're looking at, 
Uh, I mean, most recently, the Big South added North Carolina A&T, uh, which is an HBCU powerhouse. I, I'm glad, you know, what they, they, they've won four in the last five celebration bowls, uh, but I think they can really do some damage at the national level. So it'd be cool to see them in the playoffs. And then there's talk out there that the A-Sun slash Big South, they want to add uh, Central Arkansas, which is the top team out of the Southland. They also want to add Jacksonville States, uh, which is, has been the top team in the OBC. Um, Eastern Kentucky has had some success. Uh, not lately, but in past years, they've had some success. So those could be three teams that we could see join this A-Sun slash Big South Conference. And I think if that is the case, they could potentially, you know, move into being considered a power conference because you have Monmouth, you have Kennesaw State, North Carolina A&T, Central Arkansas, Jacksonville State. I think North Alabama is new to FCS, but they could potentially be good down the road. Those are some quality programs. I don't know if that conference would ever be at the level the Big Sky and the Valley are at now. Um, even the CAA has dropped these last couple of years, but they're usually one of the better conferences as well. I don't. They, they possibly could break into the, that that power conference discussion, uh, but right now there is a big gap between the the top three and that that next year, which is that next year, which is the Big South, the Silicon, and the Southland, and the OVC. Wow. Hey Sam, um, two part question. One is it is it realistic to expect somebody to to dethrone North Dakota State? It, it's been so long uh, that they've been dominant. Is, is it realistic? And then the second part of that is. Here in the West, I, I, it's, it's an interesting view of FCS football. I think the perception is that you get good enough at FCS football and then you jump up. You do like Boise or Idaho or, you know, some of the other schools that have done that around here, unless you're the Montana schools. Um, so I think a lot of fans like maybe expect North Dakota State one day to go up. I don't necessarily think that'll ever happen. But so I guess two part question there. Is it realistic to expect anybody to dethrone them in the coming years? And, and if not, is it ever possible that they that they go up to, to FBS football? Yeah. I mean, I, the, the, the way NSU has been recruiting lately, I mean, they just have so much momentum. I mean, they can point to championships and facilities and uh, you know, the players they have going in the NFL and college game day visiting. I mean, NSU has so much momentum in recruiting that, you know, they just, they're recruiting. I mean, really their last three recruiting classes have been better than their 2013 2014 2015 recruiting classes and that was in the middle of this dynasty so I don't think NSU's run is going to end anytime soon but that doesn't necessarily mean NSU is going to win the next five national championships I think there could be you know whether it's this spring or next fall or the fall of 2022 there could be that one year where you know maybe NSU has a small senior class and you know their quarterback gets hurt and you know one team just has a a, a really great senior class and they get NSU you know, on the right day and they knock them out in the semifinals and, and they go on to win the national championship. I do think that is possible. Uh, I mean, Weber State is obviously closing that gap. South Dakota State has shown they've closed that gap. Uh, I mean, James Madison has been the last two national championship games against NDSU. They've really been right on par with NDSU. They just weren't all able to, you know, get that last score and, and beat NDSU. I think Montana and Montana State are closing the gap on NDSU. So I, I like I said, I don't think NSU's run is going to end, but, you know, just because they lose, just, just because they, maybe they lose in the fall of 2021, they, they'll probably rebound and win it all in 2022. Uh, so, I mean, they're, they're going to be winning national championships pretty routinely, but I, it might not be every year. So I do think it is realistic for, you know, one team to rise up and, and knock them off every now and then. And as far as, 
you know, the, the FBS, I mean, we could do five hours on NDSU moving uh, to the FBS. Why, is, why it hasn't happened yet. I personally don't think it's, it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, I mean, you just look at, first of all, NDSU's uh, athletic budget. I mean, the money just isn't there to make a jump to the FBS. Uh, there hasn't even been a conference invite. So there's really is nowhere for NDSU to go. Um, you know, there is chatter. I live in, I live in the Minneapolis area, so I'm somewhat close to Fargo and there is chatter in Fargo regarding Boise state wanting to go to the American uh, athletic conference and for football only. And kind of the, the thought process with NDSU is if they ever go FBS, they couldn't go all sports because that's just way too much money. They would have to triple their athletic budget. That's just not realistic. But if they got a football only invites, by a conference like the mountain West, because the Mac probably wouldn't be worth it. But if the mountain West offered a football only invite, that would probably be an offer. And you couldn't refuse. And so if Boise state goes to the AAC and then the mountain West looks at NUSC as a football only invite, I think that there could be some traction there, but if that doesn't happen, I mean, NUSU is whether they want to go to the FBS, or whether they want to stay in the FCS, I don't really know. I think they're pretty comfortable right now, but the reality is like, there's just really nowhere for NESU to go because the money isn't there to jump to a conference. They're the, the closest conference is the big 10 and you're not going to convince Ohio state <laughs> presidents to, Oh yeah, let's welcome this team from far North Dakota. And that's not going to happen. They're, they're far away from the mountain West blueprint. They're just, they're kind of stuck in the FCS uh, right now. And so I, I don't foresee the jump happening anytime soon either, no matter how many FCS fans probably want to see it happen. Yeah. If all, all the FCS fans, not, not fans of North Dakota state. Um, <laughs> and along those lines though. So you mentioned, you know, maybe getting a hold now they let they're, they're losing their quarterback. Trey Lance is going to the draft. They landed a guy, a four-star recruit from Virginia tech. Is that, is that kid, is, is he eligible to play in the spring or is he, have to wait till fall and if he has to wait uh, till fall my, my thought is maybe this is maybe spring is is the the, the hopeful time for <laughs> for other fcs teams yeah i mean uh quincy patterson yeah as the virginia tech transfer and so he played in three games this last fall for virginia tech so by ncaa rules he he wouldn't be eligible for the spring i know nsu is trying to get a waiver uh to let him play in the spring i don't know how that would pass just because the rules are pretty clear, you know, for this weird calendar year, if you play in the fall, you can't play in the spring, but maybe there's some weird thing where the NCAA, NCAA will let him play. Uh, but most likely he won't be eligible until the fall of 2021. Um, you know, the good news for NDSU and the bad news for everyone else is uh, last year, their backup quarterback, his name is Zeb Noland. Uh, he came from Iowa State and he actually started a few games at Iowa State. I think he in like in 2018, he started against Oklahoma and three threw for like 350 yards against Oklahoma. Um, and then he lost the starting job and decided to transfer to NDSU uh, where he was beat out by Trey Lance for the starting job. And so he's, he's a fifth year senior now as Eb Noland is. And he's already said he plans on coming back in the fall of 2021 as a quote unquote six year guy. Um, and so if the Quincy Patterson thing doesn't work out, and yes, he was pretty comfortable in Zeb Nolan taking the reins. He's pretty experienced. He's played in the big 12 before. Um, he's not as mobile as a Trey Lancer in Easton stick. So, uh, you know, when you lose a Walter Payton award winner at quarterback, that's going to hurt. Um, whoever is the new starting quarterback, isn't going to be as dynamic as Trey Lance probably won't be as dynamic as, is Easton stick, but it, it's, I, I doubt that NDSU will struggle at quarterback just because they have two guys that it seems like they feel pretty comfortable with. 
So the so, so the new guy the new guy may throw at least one interception is what you're saying. Yeah, he might throw two interceptions in ten games, and Bison fans would be like, "Oh, this guy stinks. He's out. Get him out of there." Yeah, they're used to having a lot of success out there, and they have a ton of momentum, like you said. And Weber State's another program, probably one of the programs with the most momentum in the whole country, especially regionally in the big sky, right? We've won three big sky championships in a row. I think most people in the big sky are kind of expecting Weber state to defend their championship pretty well and maybe get the four Pete here. But I'm curious to know in your piece, you had a couple other big sky schools in your top 10. And I'm curious to know from you, maybe who you think the two or three schools that are going to provide the most competition for the big sky championship this year against Weber state. Yeah, I think the 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 two biggest uh, competitors uh, or, or teams that could uh, potentially uh, fight for the the Big Sky Championship would be the two Montana teams. Uh, obviously, with Sacramento State, uh, who share the Big Sky title, they opted out of the spring, um, and so that makes the race a little, you know, maybe not as many teams. But I think Montana State and Montana uh, certainly could be there. Uh, as uh, the biggest threats to Weber State. Uh, I think keep an eye on Eastern Washington uh, because there are so many quarterback question marks in the big sky. Uh, there's not a lot of starters coming back, but you have Eric Berry coming back for Eastern Washington, who I think you can make an argument for. He's the best quarterback in all of the FCS. So I think anytime you have a guy like that, Eastern Washington is a team uh, to, keep an out, to keep an eye out for um, as well. But yeah, I, I mean, I'd I think Montana is probably that top threat right now. Uh, they just have so many All-American level guys coming back, uh, especially at the skill position. Uh, I think Montana State is obviously building something special uh, under Jeff Choate. So I think those are the, the the two top teams to contend for the the the, the championship along with Weber State. And we'll see a, a showdown with the Wildcats and the Bobcats this season. I, I believe that game will be in Ogden, isn't it, fellas? Not going up to Bozeman this year? That's correct. It's second week in Ogden. Second week of the season will be here in Ogden. So we'll get to see that matchup and see how the Wildcats fare. Uh, but on top of that, uh, we wanted to ask you a couple more questions about the Big Sky Conference, Sam. And like you said, uh, you know, the Montana, Eastern Washington, Montana State, those look to be the top contenders for a Big Sky Championship or a share of it as likely the way it will pan out. Um, but I also, and I wanted to ask, based on what Weber State's schedule is and looking at, you know, we, a lot of people have complained. Uh, Weber State's got a little bit of a soft schedule this year, and that's true. Uh, we're, we're facing a lot of teams that are soft, but crazy things happen in college football. And so I wanted to ask, you know, looking at the big sky schools that Weber State does have to play, uh, there's a chance that maybe you, you drop one of those games. And if that happens, what are the Wildcats' chances of getting into the playoffs if they go 5-1 and one instead of 6-0? and oh? Yeah, that's going to be the wild thing with the spring playoffs because it is a reduced bracket. Uh, there's one more auto bid out there. So there is 11 auto bids and then five at-large bids compared to in a normal year in a 2014 bracket, there is 10 auto bids and 14 at-large bids. So you're going from, uh, you know, 14 at-large at larges to five. And then, so what that means is you're going to have some really good teams from that could even be ranked in the top 10, but they might not make the playoffs just because there are so many, there aren't a whole lot of uh, at-large bids to go around. You know, my guess is out of the five at-large bids, two are going to go to the big sky, two will go to the Valley. One will go to the CAA. Um, just because I think those teams in the power conferences, like we said, are probably going to be valued more than the, the second place OBC team. But I mean, with the big sky, 
uh, we talked about, Brian and I talked about this on our podcast that just came out today. You know, we know that there's the unbalanced scheduling when it comes to the big sky and the big sky title has been shared the last four or five years. I think there's that one year, there's a three-way tie for it. I mean, so there's, if there's a scenario where there are two six and O teams in the big sky, then there are two five and one teams in the big sky. You know, both of those six and O teams will obviously make the playoffs. One will get the auto bid. One will get the at-large bid, but I don't think both of the five, one, five and one teams would get the at-large bids because that would mean you have four teams for one conference making a 16 team playoffs. That means the big sky would get three of the five at large bids. So there's a chance that if you finish five and one in the big sky and there's another five and one team out there, you know, you might not make the playoffs at five and one. Um, and I think, you know, having name recognition uh, is really, really valuable. I mean, if you look at, let's say Weber state does go five and one, their one loss was to Montana States. Let's say Montana state went six and oh, you know, you can look at Weber state's playoff resume and go, you know, they have one loss. They don't really have a quality win. You know, their best, their best win was against UC Davis, who was okay this year. You know, it's not the greatest playoff resume, but then you kind of go a common sense and you go, well, I mean, Weber State is a top program, one of the top programs in the FCS. They made the semifinals last year. Their playoff resume isn't great, but we know Weber State is a good team, you know, just off of past, you know, experience. So I think reputation will go a long way, um, which is why I think the power three conferences will probably hog those five at large bids. Well, and, and what are they seeding this year? Are they seeding eight out of the 16? I'm actually not sure. So I, when the playoffs was 16 teams, they did seed only four and then kind of base the rest oh. of the matchups off of, uh, off, off a of region. I'm not actually sure if they are going to seed four or eight this year. I, I did see one note that it's going to be four, but I haven't gotten that uh, confirmed yet on, you know, if they're going to seed four, seed four or eight teams. Well, cause that to me, that's the rough thing. I mean, we, we talked about this, I think before we hop it on, but seeding matters. <laughs> like it, it, it matters for home games. It matters for, for winning, you know, you, you get a bad seed or you come in unseed and get a bad place in the bracket. You, you may lose early. It, it doesn't just because it was a bad, bad matchup. So that's, to me, that's also going to be a huge thing. If Weber does slip up, um, they may not get seeded and that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. And because, and because it'll be all regional, you know, if, if Weber state doesn't get a seed, you know, they're probably are going to be matched up with Montana in the first round, just because they didn't play in the regular season. And that's a, uh, you know, a shorter trip, compared to, you know, sending them to sending Weber state to Brookings or sending South Dakota state uh, to Weber state. And so it's, I think you're going to see a lot of even more regional matchups than usual, especially like in the big sky, because a lot of these teams aren't playing each other because there's, there's two less games. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to go to Missoula. (laughs) We seem to have trouble up there. That's for sure. Tough environment to play in. Um. Sam, I wanted to kind of wrap us up by uh, talking to you a little bit more about um, about the national scene. We've got a lot of really great programs. Um, you mentioned Jacksonville State, and um, I wondered, you know, next in the fall, Weber State will be getting a home-and-home home series with James Madison. So for the first time, James Madison will come to Ogden to play. Um, even, we've played out there a couple times now in the playoffs, and so we'll have the opportunity to host them. Uh, but I wondered, what do you think the odds are that uh, Weber State schedules more of those teams that, that maybe they've seen in the playoffs for some of that non-conference stuff? Like, I wouldn't mind seeing a Jacksonville State home-and-home home series or maybe something with Kennesaw State where we did have a close game with those folks, and they are a program on the rise. 
Uh, it would be nice to, you know, get a little bit more of that non-conference action, not in the playoffs. What do you think the odds are that the Wildcats begin to schedule series like those in the future? Yeah, I, I think there's a, a pretty good chance of that uh, uh, happening, especially with home and homes uh, to kind of alleviate some of those uh, travel things. And, you know, you can get an away game uh, for a home game. And, you know, I, I really appreciate uh, how Weber State schedules. Uh, you know, they're not afraid to schedule really tough non-conference opponents. Um, I believe, I mean, Northern Iowa has been on the, on the schedule before. That's, uh, you know, a really, really good matchup. The JMU home and home, you know, that's, that's fantastic as well. Uh, it's, it's really important in my mind to, I mean, you don't want to, I mean, if you're Weber State, you don't want to schedule two FBS opponents and then play James Madison all in, all, all in one non-conference. You know, while that would be fun for the fans, you get some money you still kind of want to protect your playoff resume. Uh, you don't want to, you know, go one and two going into the, the big sky schedule, but at the same time, you don't want to play three cupcakes, right? Because at the end of the day, it is all about your playoff resume. And if, if Weber state has a win against Northern Iowa in their non-conference, you know, that could be the difference between the, the five seed and the four seed, you know, and, and that's the difference between a, a home game or an away game in the quarterfinals. And so getting quality FCS opponents, um, on your non-conference is not only good for the FCS. I think it's, it's good for your program uh, to, you know, to, to just have that strength of schedule argument. So, you know, hopefully there are more uh, home and homes uh, coming, uh, you know, maybe I know there was, well, I think it was 2014, 2015 NDSU and, and uh, Weber had a home and home, you know, maybe they can get on the phone and, and, you know, have another home and home. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think South Dakota state and Weber state have played off the top of my head. Um, I think that would be a really, really fun matchup just because those are two teams that have consistently made the quarterfinals and semifinals. So I would like to see the Jacks and the, and the Wildcats, maybe, you know, <laughs> to jump on the phone and, and get a home and home scheduled sometime in the 2020s. It would be nice because, you know, the Wildcats have faced North Dakota, formerly a conference uh, member uh, have played South Dakota in Ogden, uh, but South Dakota state not. So it would be interesting to get a home and home with those guys. And like you said, uh, it would be interesting to maybe get on the phone and get another crack at NDSU because they played Weber State very early in Jay Hill's tenure. And uh, he wanted that. He wanted to get a chance to see what the champs were like. And he got it. So and, uh, it would be interesting to see what that looks like now. So I would, and the final thought there was also, I think that the, the most anticipated game, the biggest letdown of having the fall schedule canceled was the fact that Weber State was going to go to Iowa and play Northern Iowa this year. And that was going to be likely a top three matchup. And so highly anticipated FCS game that fell victim to COVID-19. AC, uh, why don't you wrap us up here with one more question for Sam Herter before we go. So a little bit more from the national scene. Um, I think that Weber State fans have a pretty good grip on what's going on in the big sky, but I'd like to know from you, Sam, the, the author of that piece that, that ended up inspiring us to bring you on the show, what should Weber State be afraid of in the other teams that you had ranked in the top five? What are some of their strengths? Yeah, so I think uh, the concern for Weber State, um, especially in their quest to compete for a national championship, is, is running into – uh, you know, a good defense down the stretch and, and in the playoffs. Um, you know, we, we kind of already talked about that, that, you know, Weber State has locked that off, has lacked that offensive explosion when it comes to playing a, a top tier um, defense. And, I, and I'm looking at my top 10 right now, uh, you know, North Carolina A&T, Northern Iowa, uh, you know, a little bit of Kennesaw State, uh, Montana State, James Madison, 
Montana's defense is okay, I guess, uh, but South Dakota State and then obviously North Dakota State, those are all teams that have really, really good defenses. Um, you know, NSU's defense is going to be great. JMU's defense is, is usually always good. Uh, South Dakota State's defense was really good last year. They bring back uh, nine starters. And so I think the concern for Weber State is, you know, if they, you know, in the quarterfinals or the semifinals, if they run into a top five um uh, defense because we know Weber State's defense is going to be legit this year. They can hold teams, uh, you know, pretty well. It's just a matter of can the offense get 24 points on the board to take down a team like South Dakota State or NSU or James Madison. So I think that is the concern is just, all right, down the stretch, semifinals, we're playing a, a great defense. You know, can this offense get it done? Um, and I think that's just kind of the question we're all waiting on with Weber State. You know, going back to the beginning, they are one piece away. I think that is the quarterback position because, uh, I mean, the offensive line, I believe three or four starters coming back. So experienced offensive line, you know, obviously Davis is one of the top running backs in the FCS. He's really, really fun to watch for how tough he runs uh, for not being the biggest guys. Um, there are weapons at the wide receiver position, the guys with explosiveness and speed. So, things are in place for the offense to, you know, go from an average offense to a pretty good offense. It's just, you know, don't want to, you know, rag on Constantine here, but when it came to playing really good defenses, he just never was really a threat to make that one big play. And if, if we were say can find that, then that's, you know, as complete a team as there is, you know, to compete with NDSU for that title. Well, we uh, appreciate you, Sam, for coming on the show and chatting with us a little bit, of course, about Weber State, but also the national FCS scene and what to expect in the spring season. Um, uh, hang on, I got, a, I got a note here from the, from the producer. <laughs> uh, oh, so I, we, we, we needed to ask this really quickly from, from our producer, Dan Martinez. You know, what's it going to take to get Weber State at the top of the, at the, top of the ranking there? We got to get to a dinner, some Bentley? <laughs> I mean, what, what does it take? Uh, you know, you want you want to hang out with our our el most eligible bachelor, John King. What's what's it take? Do you like video games? Can we get you a PS Five? Yeah. Oh, geez, that, that don't tell Matt right Brown there. that. Don't tell Matt Brown that. He's been on a quest. So, <laughs> Sam, I'm not that great of a date. You shouldn't want to hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean PS Five. I mean that I, I I could do the trick, but no, I mean it's it's so tough to i mean last year brian and i put james Madison number one and not north dakota state and a lot of people thought that was just us having a hot take but we i mean we legitimately thought that jmu was going to be the best team and we we had no idea that trey we knew trey lance was going to be good but we didn't know he's going to the walter payton award and course, i mean right. jmu showed that they were right on you know right on par with nsu last year um and so you know i don't really have a whole lot of regrets putting jmu number one last year but you know, to put any team other than NDSU number one this year would be, in my opinion, quite a bit of a stretch, even though NDSU loses guys like Trey Lance and Dylan Ravens and, and Jabril Cox. They, I mean, it's just so hard to bet against NDSU. And, you know, they were supposed to have a somewhat down year last year by their standards, and they end up going 16-0. and 0. So uh, there are some question marks with the Bison this year, but, you know, it's just a, it'd be pretty tough to put a different team uh, up at that number one spot over NDSU definitely a, a dynasty for a reason so sam herder once again thank you for coming on weber state weekly folks if you're interested in reading sam's piece about those top 10 contenders for a national championship in frisco in may go ahead and check out the description of the podcast we'll uh that's where you can read all about it and um, let us know what you think in the in the fans group on facebook the weber state fans group uh once again sam herder appreciate you coming on the show and i uh, hope to chat with you again soon all right yeah i appreciate you guys having me on and yeah anytime you guys want me on again i'd be uh, happy to join 
All right. We want to thank Sam Herter for taking the opportunity to chat with us. We really appreciate him taking the time. He's a big deal. And so really appreciate him coming on Weber State Weekly to talk about the upcoming spring schedule in FCS. Now we're going to be going back to our panel and we're going to be playing a little game called Lids. We're going to be telling them, asking them to put their AD hats on, like we mentioned in the top of the show. The Eastern Washington men's basketball series has been canceled due to COVID in the Eastern Washington locker room. We wish the best of those folks up there get over it soon and uh, they'll get back on the court because as we know, and we've talked about here on the show, they are a good team favorites to win the conference championship. And we'd love to get back into action with them soon and uh, get on the court. But in the meantime, we have two gaping holes in the Weber state schedule uh, for men's basketball. And so we're asking our panel, if you could schedule two games, uh, what would they be? And give us the reason why you think Weber state should schedule those two games. And so with that, we want to throw it to the panel who would like to go first and give us their takes on who they would schedule in lieu of Eastern Washington canceling those two games. Yeah, I'll hop in first. Jeffrey, uh, go ahead. Anybody that has listened to any of our post-game, uh, our instant reaction shows after the basketball games knows how much I have enjoyed uh, the, the in-state games this year. And so uh, I would like to see, if I were the AD, I would be calling and, and efforting you know, in as much as it's possible with them having conference games now, any of the other in-state schools. Uh, Dixie, I, I, I would love to say that. The game was canceled. Utah State, we didn't get that one. Uh, BYU, heck, we'll even play BYU round two. Uh, Utah, we'll take any of them. Uh, any two of the four in-state schools left that we haven't played, or not including SUU, because obviously we play them a little bit later, um, I, I would like to, to see us get more in-state games to keep that those rivalries going strong. Very good. So sounds like you want to keep everything in state, Chappie. You would either want to schedule two of those games that have been canceled or get an extra game against Utah. Uh, just just keep it in state. That's that's your that's your proposal. I'd say any two of the four in-state teams that we haven't played. Preferably, I would say Dixie. It's exciting. Wouldn't mind seeing us play Dixie. Or uh, honestly, I, I, I want us to have another crack at BYU because I, I think we might beat them. <laughs> yeah, we definitely could play tough in that game. Uh, but unfortunately, the Wildcats fell short at Vivint Arena. Who would like to go next? Uh, give us their two games they'd like to schedule if they were AD and put in that chair. I got you. My first game, I'm going to take Utah State. The reason I want Utah State is because multiple players have told us that the game that they were most excited for this year was having Utah State in the D. And it obviously didn't happen, right? Utah State had some COVID issues, and it's unfortunate. Utah State, the, the net ratings came out for college basketball, and Utah State is ranked as the best team in the state. So I think that that would have been a really good chance for us to, you know, compete against a team that's currently looking like they could potentially go to March Madness and, you know, develop our in-state rivalry with them. I think it could be really good. My second one, I'm going way out of state. Earlier today, it was announced that Villanova's next three games against DePaul, Marquette, and Xavier are all canceled. I want a game with Xavier. Yes. Xavier beat us in March Madness a couple years ago. And you know what? Let's get a shot at redemption. It'd be fun playing a, a big school like that that you don't usually see very often, right? Xavier's in Cincinnati. They got a nice arena there in downtown Cincinnati, and I, I think it could be a lot of fun. Or you bring them out here. You know, We'll welcome them in the D anytime they want. I think it could be 
an awesome time seeing how we compete against, you know, a really, really good basketball school. So give us Xavier. We've got some history with them. They've got an opening on their schedule now that Villanova's out of place. And so bring on the Musketeers. Let's go. I like it. Unfortunately, like AC said, uh, the Wildcats faced Xavier in 2016 in March Madness in the first round, and Wildcats were not able to overcome them. So redemption would be a beautiful, beautiful thing. John King, what about you? You're in the AD chair for the day, and you got to schedule these two games. Who are you going with? So I'm going to give you one school that I think would be more realistic and then one that's just an absolute pie in the sky. So my more realistic, uh, my more realistic school is that I'd, I'd really like to see the Dixie State um, uh, game res- uh, rescheduled. I thought it was going to be really, really cool that Weber State was going to be their first Division One game. Granted, that hasn't happened now, but I do think that that is an important. You know, I'm I'm with Chappie that it's important to build up in-state rivalries because those games garner interest. You know. Uh, all around the state fans come to those games they travel to those games you know who doesn't want to go to st george for a basketball game i mean i know that we won't have fans this year but um uh but that is one game i would like to see uh rescheduled plus i love the preview that we did for um uh that that we did for dixie state as well that didn't end up meaning anything because we didn't actually get to play the game um second one this is my pie in the sky one. And they've already had four games canceled this year. And they just so happen to also be the number one team in the country right now. And we've talked about this on and you know, uh, uh, offline quite a bit in the, in, in the slack. And I think it'd be really great if we could go and schedule a game with Gonzaga. They have a game. They had a game against a big sky opponent, Idaho, which was one of the games that got canceled. Why not throw some big, more big sky love our way. Take the, take the kids down to Spokane and see how we fare against the number one team in the country. I like it. Uh, Gonzaga, obviously, uh, you know, very close by, and um, they've been willing to play some of the teams here in Utah. They played Dixie State not long ago. Dixie State obviously had a tough time against a team like that, but, hey, why not? If they got a hole in their schedule, let's let's put our guys against their guys because uh, who knows what could happen. Chappie, you got something to, to follow up on, though. Yeah, so uh, just to build on John's point there, and like I said, I think we maybe need to do like a whole segment or a show on this, but the in-state rivalry games are just something very individual. All of the states around us don't have as many Division One teams as we have here in Utah. When you look at Colorado, Wyoming, Idaho, Nevada, Arizona, they're New Mexico. They're, we don't have that that level or that number of teams to have kind of the the quote-unquote in-state tournament, the the Beehive Classic, whether it be formally or informally happening. So. I'm, I'm really fired up about this stuff. We, we need to keep playing the in-state games and they need to be important. They make the non-conference season much more fun than they would otherwise be. You know, playing random Baptist state from wherever, it's okay, but it's, it's not nearly as much fun as playing Dixie, you know, Dixie, UVU and USU, BYU and Utah. Definitely love the in-state games. And so I thought, you know, we got a little bit of time here. I thought I'd throw in my own takes. Um, if I were to choose the two games, I think that it would be wonderful to get that Utah State game back, guys. I agree with you. I think that the way things went in the Smith Spectrum last season were not great, and it would be awesome to get this team an opportunity at redemption in the Purple Palace. Finally, I, I'm with John, and I'm kind of looking to the West Coast Conference as a place where the Wildcats might find a game that would be worthwhile playing. I don't think Gonzaga is the team. I think they're obviously the number one team. It's it's good to play number one, but uh, I, I'm looking for something that may be a little bit more competitive. And uh, I actually would love to schedule St. Mary's. I think St. Mary's is a program that would be really good. I think we can be competitive against them. 
And uh, whether that game happens in Moraga or that game happens in, in, in Ogden, either way, I think it would be a wonderful game to play against St. Mary's because they've got a good program and uh, be fun, fun time. There's, there's precedent here for this too, Colby. We, we owe them. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with this story, but uh, Dame's sophomore season, was it sophomore? Yes, a sophomore season. When he broke, when he broke his leg, um, in order for him to qualify for a red shirt, he had to have X number of games, and Weber State was a game short of that. And St. Mary's scheduled Weber State following conference tournaments and before the NCAA tournament, they scheduled a game with Weber State and played a game in March between conference tournament and NCAA tournament so that Dame would uh, would keep his red shirt and was eligible to keep his red shirt. So we, we owe them a solid. Yeah, that's respect wow. right there. Yeah, that is respect. Good good for the for the Gales for doing that for our guy Dame. Of course, you know, Dame from not very far away from Moraga. So good, good for them for taking care of it. So I, I got the producer in my ear, though. Our producer, Dan Martinez, is in my ear here. Chappie, you just went with Utah schools. Oh. He, he wants specifics, you know, no hedging here. There's no, no pushing, specific, right? <laughs> no pushes on Weber State Weekly. Give us two specific schools that you want to schedule really quick. Just give me two names. And Dan's also telling me once in my ear, he's telling me he wants a dream team, not just something that's so I want, I want Dixie. I want that game back. Yeah. Um, I also, if we want a dream team, I want Mississippi State from the mighty Southeastern Conference. Ben Howland. Because Bring I ben want Howland to see back to Ogden. Ben Howland back in Ogden. <laughs> Let's go. That's all I want. Love it. Yes. Well, that's wonderful. Well, guys, that was a game called Lids. Appreciate your takes. And like we said, hopefully the folks up in athletics have the opportunity to find some games. It's obviously getting very, very difficult. But hopefully, like we said, the folks up at Eastern Washington get, go, get over COVID. Everyone's safe and healthy again and I will get a chance to play each other in the future. So now we're going to talk about upcoming events. Like we said, uh, men's basketball, we don't know when we'll see some games. Uh, but So this may change by the time you hear this, but as of right now, the schedule looks like this. Thursday, January 7th, women's basketball will be traveling to Cheney, Washington to take on Eastern Washington. That game will be 7 p.m. Mountain Time. You can watch it on Pluto TV. Then a couple days later on Saturday, January 9th, women's basketball will taking, be taking on Eastern Washington again as the format is this season. We've talked a lot about that here. That game will be at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, also on Pluto TV. And looking a week past that, we have women's soccer. Women's soccer is getting going, and they'll have an exhibition game against UVU 2 p.m. on Saturday, January 16th. That game will be at RSL's Harriman facility. So I don't think it's going to be on TV. I don't think it's going to be on uh, any sort of radio, but... The game will be happening. It's just an exhibition against UVU. So women's soccer is getting going. So good to see some of the spring sports beginning to take hold as we move into February and the spring season. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email us at weberstateweekly at gmail.com. Uh, we'll take your comments. If we can do something about them, you have an idea for a segment on the show or an idea for a guest, please send them our way. Like I said at the top of the show, you can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Twitter is the best place to interact with the Weber State Weekly team. And finally, we've got a blog. There's been a lot of content up here lately. Uh, AC has done a really great job of talking to recruits and getting uh, great interviews to help the Wildcat fans understand who will be joining the team in coming years. And so go and find uh, some of the stuff that he's been writing on Weber State Weekly's blog at weberstateweekly.com. So with that, I want to thank you all, Wildcats, for taking the time to join us here in the new year, 2021. First show, got through it, guys. Congratulations. And we'll wrap up like we always do, saying Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats. <laughs> Weber State, Weber State, Weber State, Weber State.
Weaver State Weekly is a Deep State Media production. It's produced by Colby Peterson. It's directed and edited by Dan Martinez.